hello, hello. I'm your host, Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So today we're going to speak with, he's an author, he's a teacher, he's a speaker, he's a coach. All of this, and I, and you're hearing that I'm saying he, that's right, today, Andrew Anderson is with us, and we're here to talk all things about my favorite subject, which would be probably getting unstuck, and as you know, that word really resonates with me. Author, number one, international best-selling book, it's called Strength of the Oak, Strength of the Willow. How to Find Courage and Compassion in a Turbulent World. And I love the vision that I get when I hear those two comparisons, and we'll definitely get more into that. So for someone that obviously does a lot, I'm going to say welcome, welcome, Andrew. Thank you so much for being here. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure. I uh, love your tribe from what I've learned. It's an honor to be able to spend some time with them today. I think they're going to be happy, 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 happy. But let's get started. So you got to tell us about you anywhere you'd like to start. Sure. Well, uh, let's start in my uh, parents' basement at the Mm. age of nine years old. I was raised in just an incredible home with four older siblings, a mom and dad, like just this incredible suburban paper route, mowing lawns, playing Mm -hmm. sports, going to school. Uh, I just was incredibly blessed to have the most supportive and loving family. And I recognize not everybody has that opportunity. And so I just, I have to honor Mm -hmm. God who put me into that home. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's where my beginnings all began was a nine-year-old boy in the basement. And my book actually starts uh, in a similar place as well. I'm going to say from I'm older than you, my kids are probably your age or so, or maybe even older. From a parent standpoint, it fills my heart just hearing your level of awareness and of the gratitude that you're right. It's not everybody's lucky day to be in the family situation just to give them just so you get the good foundation to take it and run. That's all we can do. You know, we teach you how to walk. We give you the best that we know at the time with the hope that you take it out into the world. That's right. And wow. So they should be uh, 
kudos to them. That, that, yes, kudos. That kudos was a nice. To, that was a nice way to start. I'm like, kudos, oh my god. Kudos to mom and dad. And uh, yeah. fast forward, fast forward 29 years, we're now doing the same thing for our seven children. Ah. Uh, we don't have a basement, but we got an upstairs bonus room. So we're uh, doing everything we can to pass on what our parents have given them to us, mm-hmm. and uh, let that legacy of growth and and goodness continue. So, what starts first, teaching? And then where does your curiosity, because you led with gratitude, you're not the average bear, I'm going to tell you that right now, because not many people do lead with gratitude. Right. So where, where along your way, do you realize that? Do you get it? Or were you always watered with it? I was always watered with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, there came a moment when I was not nine, but 29 years old, and I'm living in my parents' basement again, mm. 20 years later, okay. not expecting to be there because I had a wife and I had three daughters and we were separated and my teaching career came to an abrupt stop. Mm-hmm. And this is what I call my two-year dark night of the soul. And it was gratitude that helped ground me in this perceived place of imprisonment and helped me recognize that this was not happening to me as a victim, but this was happening for me. And it instilled in me the ability to see the good in every situation, not just in the good ones. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. It does. That's when the rainbows come after the rain. We just got to figure out out what to do during the rain. And the subtitle subtitle of my book is how to find courage and compassion in a turbulent world. Mm -hmm. It's easy Mm -hmm. to be courageous and compassionate when everything's really going our way. It's what do we do in the moments where we feel like we are going to absolutely break? Where does the courage come from? And where does the grace to allow ourselves to be rooted in strengths, oak-like and willow-like strengths, courage and compassion when we don't want to. So start with you. Where did that come from and how do you build on it when you start to see the little crack of the window open and take another step and take another step closer? Well, I often say that we're only as good as the books we read and the people we surround Mm -hmm. ourselves with. And during that time of living in my parents' basement, I just decided to start surrounding myself with people that knew a lot more than I did. And they handed me books. And one of those books was Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. And it's Mm. the first significant quote in chapter one of my book. And Viktor Frankl teaches this, and I'd love for your audience to hear it. And if you don't know, he was a concentration camp survivor and was pulled out of his home in Vienna and thrown into these prisons, his pregnant wife at the time was murdered and he lost that wife and that, you know, soon to be mm-hmm. born child. So that's the setting, right? Victor Frankl in a concentration camp, he said there were always choices to make every day, every hour offered the opportunity to make a decision, a decision which determined whether you would or would not submit to those powers, which threatened to rob you of your very self, your inner freedom, which determined whether or not you would become the plaything of circumstance, renouncing freedom and dignity to become molded into the form of the typical inmate. And when I read that and I heard his story, I thought, I will not be an inmate in Mm -hmm. my parents' home or in my life. 
And that decision changed everything for me. So interesting that your setting was in the basement. Interesting, like, again, no coincidence on any of this. And then also how he described it as the inside, what what you feel, inner, thank you. Inner freedom, yeah. It's that that starts the repetitive tape constantly going on in our heads. Or as I always say, you know, we write a story that hasn't been written yet, but we convince ourselves so well of, well, this is a, either how it happened, here's what's going to happen, here's the result, let me not even try. So when you get to, you read this, obviously, moving, life-changing, a shift, I'm Mm -hmm. guessing, And you don't just run up the steps and run outside to get some fresh air and be like, okay, I'm good now. The process began. What was your journey like? Again, I had to surround myself with people, models of Mm -hmm. victory, models of success, models Mm -hmm. of courage and compassion, others that had learned something that I hadn't learned. And I call them my earthly angels, just those that were there to help support and minister to me when I needed it most. And I knew that if I could do the things they were doing, read the books that they were reading, think like they were thinking, then it would ground me to that source that I'd always had before, which was my faith. And without that source, right, without having that connection, every tree, every person will be blown over no matter the storm. Hence the the willow Mm -hmm. is a very shallow rooted tree mm-hmm. for as big and immense and we had that growing up and in some hurricanes some went down rather quickly versus the oak right and we need oh. both the willow mm-hmm. is not weaker than the oak nope mm-hmm. what makes the oak so powerful is that before it ever begins to grow any horizontal roots or any vertical shoots it first sends down vertical roots to a source And that taproot, once it connects to that source, it never leaves. And so Mm. we all need to get connected, right? Just like the oak to a source of strength and power within us. And then when things do happen, because we're not just an oak or just a willow, when things do happen that blow us over, a willow can take a branch and put it in the ground and it will shoot up a new one. And it has Mm -hmm. that ability to continue to regenerate its growth and its life and its ability to bounce back. Yeah. And a lot of rebirthing. And that's part of anybody's journey. If we turn right, okay, perhaps you it's a little trip, you spiral down a little, but I hear that you also said with your faith, you yeah. believe that you're destined for more. We all are. Whether it's God or the universe, mm-hmm. you did not create yourself. And when you hold a precious little sapling, Mm -hmm. right, or you hold a baby or a puppy, Mm -hmm. you don't look at this thing and see all of its flaws. You look and you see its potential and you're in love. You're in love with the puppy. You don't see that it's going to eat everything up and scratch everything up. (laughs) And chew your favorite shoes. Yep. Uh Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What, what What you see is potential and you fall in love with potential. And so all of us have the seeds of potentiality, the ability to fall in love or to be in love with, like we have that Mm -hmm. in us. 
And mm-hmm. we just have to get back to that beginning and see ourselves as we were seen in that infant state. What are some good exercises that we can learn and incorporate in a daily routine or in a routine because daily gets a little scary for some people and I get Mm -hmm. it just to keep that memory of, yeah, no, I was meant for more alive to keep the positive story, the story of potential change that tape in your head. What are some, some ways to do so? One of the things that I get to do with my coaching clients in a one-on-one and Mm -hmm. one of the things that the listener you can do as you dive into the book is you can identify a life mission statement, Mm. that source. It's possible to state it in one simple sentence. For example, Stephanie, my life mission is to bless my brothers and sisters whom I believe to be God's children to live a higher level of spiritual strength. Just influence as many as possible. Now, when you understand that mission and you have it memorized like I do, and it becomes a part of your identity and it drives everything you do, then it makes decisions on a daily basis pretty simple. So I have clients that will take that life mission and they will laminate it and stick it in the shower so that they can spend a few minutes every day Mm -hmm. remembering Mm -hmm. what it's all about. Similar to a mantra, Mm -hmm. similar to words to live by. Yeah. Again, as easy as that, because I know that sometimes, and and we have a lot of coaches on here, and I know sometimes some words will definitely stop someone in their track. Believe me, I'm the first one. Like if I have to write a bio about me, well... That'll take, I mean, now with AI, thank you. It at least gives me some idea starters, Mm -hmm. but it used to just, I don't know, what am I? Who am I? Like, what is my message? It's so easy to, Andrew, tell me your message. That's, oh, look, you have one. Um, You know, hopefully he doesn't ask me for mine because it's always a sticking point, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. And I I break down in the book how... Mm -hmm to go through that process and identify that mission. In fact, most people overcomplicate it. And I'm reminded Mm. of my ninth grade art teacher when I asked him, how do I create this incredible scene on this watercolor paper of Lake Powell in Southern Utah, Northern Arizona? Like, how am I supposed to get that down? And he grabs my paintbrush and he goes like this. He does one swoop with his his arm. And I looked at it and I was like, Whoa. And he looked at me Mm. and he said, keep it simple, stupid K I S S. Mm -hmm. And he taught Mm -hmm. me that acronym. And when we overcomplicate nature, I think nature uh, doesn't like it. When you look at an oak tree, we know what its purpose is. Mm -hmm. Its purpose is to provide beauty and utility through its wood to mankind. And guess what we were created to do? We were created to provide beauty and utility to serve mankind and to attract other good things and create something. And that will look different for everyone. And yet, if you just go back to the simple nature of what you were created to be and do, which is some sort of service to mankind and something that attracts goodness to yourself, then you're going to be able to write your own simple statement. The book will help you do that. Good. We have some some reference then. The book yes. will help us. Excellent. Yeah. So. 
when you get into coaching, but before you get into coaching, can I ask, did you have any coaches? Yes, I've always had coaches. I have to drink from the water that I'm selling. It's mm-hmm. it's imperative. Like I cannot be left on my own because I can't see my own blind spots. So from day one of leaving the teaching field and getting into mm-hmm. business, which was real mm-hmm. estate, I sought after and hired great mentors and coaches that would be able to see something in me that I couldn't see in myself, both good and mm-hmm. things that weren't serving me. So yes. Mm-hmm. And that's important because we have a lot of different coaches on and Mm -hmm. it usually starts with, I had a great coach. I know how it helped me. And yes, I wanted to, but you even kind of knew before the coaching because you were surrounding yourself with people that you wanted to be like, and more importantly, validating the truth that it can be. Oh, I can be that because he's already that. I want to be like him. Yeah, exactly. And I was coaching in a classroom of teenagers. It just wasn't in a one-on-one setting or a small group like like Mm -hmm. I get to do now or speaking, you know, in front of a large audience. So Mm -hmm. that ability and desire to lead others Mm -hmm. was something that I had been doing because I was modeling my siblings and my parents as a boy. And then I was stepping into those roles as a teenager and a young man. And then I got to do so in the classroom and coaching at its essence is just great leadership, whether it's in a classroom as a teacher or in a living room as a parent or on a park bench as a friend, coaching is great leadership. It's asking the questions that no one else will ask from a place of care and candor to help this person identify something that they can take ownership of and solve on their own without us. So it's funny that you say that from a place that they care only because this morning I had said something to my husband, not that I was coaching him, but I might've said a comment. I even forget what it is I said, but I followed it up directly because it might not have sounded very kind perhaps, Mm -hmm. but I did say, I said that with love. So we laugh about that because Mm -hmm. if I didn't say that, then it could escalate into, well, what did I do wrong? And why are you saying it this way? So we found this little thing because he said something else to me and and followed it by saying that was said with love also. (laughs) And I'm like, I think I like this little thing of, okay, so it deactivates anything that might Mm -hmm. be taken the wrong way, but it's important to be open listen, if people are going to be, if they're going to be nasty, if they're going to be, pardon my language, if they're going to be dickheads about things, they're going to be there. The world is filled with them. But go back to your quote, and that is, you have the choice. Yes. How is anything that's going to be said to you? How are you going to receive it? Yeah, you can believe it. What credibility does this clown have? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, why are you giving your power away to someone who's never walked in your shoes? So what's up there? How do you keep your confidence level or make the choice of when someone is telling you something that's not true about you, reasons why you can't do something, keep my belief system going? What are some good ways that one can do that? Well. There are a lot of ways. 
Mm-hmm. And for every thousand that are hacking at <laughs> leaves and branches of change, okay. uh-huh. uh, my great mentor, Ron Potolsky, taught me for every thousand that are hacking at leaves and branches of change, there is one striking at the root of transformation. So Stephanie, would it be okay if instead of giving these people a bunch of ways to change, I share with them the one thing that I do with my clients that actually transforms their lives in a way that no other coach, counselor, therapist could ever do? Let me think about that. Oh, yeah. yes, of course. Okay. Please do. Yes, go. Okay, because I'm I'm not your typical coach in that I do have the experience and the training to help my people grow their businesses and their lives. Mm-hmm. And yet I also am a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. Mm-hmm. And I'm a master practitioner with the Association of Integrated Psychology in, in what's called mental and emotional release, release therapy. And those are just big words. Let me tell you guys what that means. What that means is that I know how to go back and identify how you created meaning and identity in this world and find deeply rooted unconscious decisions and beliefs that have allowed you to feel certain things like anger and sadness and fear and hurt and guilt and shame that have made it so that you either take actions that you're not proud of mm-hmm. or that are preventing you from taking the actions that you know you need to take. And what we do in these, we spend five hours together. I don't ever take a coaching client on until we do this five hour breakthrough session. We get to the roots of the beliefs that have been planted from an early age, from zero all the way up until about 21. And we change them at a neural uh, neural pathway level. We change neural pathways. We uproot all the weeds and all the junk so that we can actually plant something in its place. And when I share that with people, it almost sounds too good to be true. And if I hadn't done it with over 230 people in the last five and a half years, I wouldn't believe it myself. And yet I see time and time again, people that have been working with coaches, counselors, and therapists trying to change their life that are breaking down and they're at their rope's end. And a friend says to them, I want you to talk to one more person and just try one more thing. That's what it's all about. It's getting to the absolute root rather than pulling the weed and hoping it doesn't grow back. So I'm loving the, and I'm not sure if it's coincidence or not, weed, root, tree in the book title. So for the NLP exercises, in essence, you can, for that one day when I was nine years old and my aunt walked in and told me I looked chubby that day. Yep. And the thing is, is most people don't know what these things are because mm -hmm. if they did, they would have done something about it already. Right. But our unconscious mind stores everything. And if we ask it to go to work for us, it will help us. And I take you through that process in the book in a simple way that I call seven proven steps to forgiveness. But anyone can go through the book and they can do it at a very deep level. But if you want to go even deeper... That's where we spend that time in the one-on-one and I walk them through and get to that place of forgiveness of themselves and and others and seeing themselves as they truly were created to be. I mean, it must be amazing when that day, that emotion, that statement is found and then 
you have to make that realization as the person I'm guessing I've never done it, but I'm like, wait a minute. It's so interesting because people just don't realize how flippant they are with Mm -hmm. words and comments, how words and comments are tattoos. They're there and good or bad. We know the bad because or just the ones that stay with you. And then, as you say, deeply rooted within you. And then that alters a lot of your future decisions. Flip side is there's also, again, you can say what you don't think is anything, but it could be. And maybe as a teacher, you've, you've also experienced that as you might have said something one day to one child who it made the world of difference. And then somebody and you know, when you meet them later, and they say, I'll never forget, you said this to me. And it's usually it was, you know, you saw them, you heard them. It was, you know, an act of kindness that maybe you didn't even think twice about, but meant so much to that person. So there's two different ways that it saves. Of course, the rooting part of the non-truths are the ones that need to be pruned and cleaned. Yes? Absolutely. It's it's deceit. It's believing mm-hmm. something that isn't true and recognizing that you probably didn't consciously choose to believe that in the first place. So you don't have to beat yourself up over it. Mm-hmm. When you see a puppy, right? Or a, a stray cat or something that has obviously been through something challenging. We are always moved with compassion when it comes to an animal or a child. And yet we begin to blame and shame when it's ourselves. And if we can recognize that no one makes it through this life without getting beat up and maybe starved a little bit as well. And when we recognize that the person in the mirror and the one that we're standing next to in line and every human being around us is either going through or has been through something that we would never want to change places with, then we can no longer suffer because of them. We can suffer with them. And that's what the word compassion means. Passion means suffering and calm means with. We can suffer alongside and with others rather than suffering because of them. It's beautiful. Never thought of it that way. Hmm. I like that a lot. So forgiveness, uh, I heard that word in there. and underrated. Let's talk a little more about it because it's so important. Forgiveness and where does it all begin? Hey. <laughs> yeah, well, forgiveness begins with understanding our true identity, what we're all about. Mm-hmm. And once we have that oak-like strength and we are rooted and we have that connection to a source, then we can show up in a way, right? Like a willow that allows things to come to us and through us and we can bend and we can forgive because we have a connection. We have a grounded purpose Mm -hmm. and meaning and nothing can shake us. I think about Jesus as one of the greatest examples of this on the cross, right? And if anyone ever deserved to start pointing fingers and blaming, it would be him, you think? Mm-hmm. right? And of the last seven statements from his mouth, one was father, forgive them, but they know not what they do. He was so rooted in his mission that it, it, it was okay what others were doing to him or saying about him or mocking him 
And you cannot truly forgive others and yourself unless you have that mission and you're moving toward the fulfillment of it. Heavy, heavy, but I love it. Love. Let's talk a little about we get our mission statement. We've perhaps identified some stuck roots of and worked through that. And now I'm in a good place to move forward. I know what I want, or I think I know what I want. And do you find people think, or they may start out thinking they want one thing and in the journey, the real end game reveals itself? Yeah. There's a very interesting principle in NLP, which is that we are either motivated by moving toward the things that we want, the pleasure, Mm -hmm. or we're moving away from the things that we don't want, which is is the pain. And when people talk to me for the first time, nine times out of 10, they're going to tell me what they don't want. Correct. And they don't know what's possible or what they do want because they just want to get out of the pain. And so, yes, it is so common for people to come to me and say, I just don't want to feel blank anymore. I just don't want blank. Mm -hmm. And I say, what do you want? They're like, well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And once we release that baggage, the limiting beliefs and the negative emotions, then their eyes are opened and they almost don't even know what to do. I mean, imagine taking Victor Frankl and some of his buddies out of a concentration camp and putting them in front of the most elaborate buffet. Like Mm -hmm. they'd say, I can't even fathom eating a bowl of food, let alone Mm -hmm. what we do on Thanksgiving, which is several plates Mm -hmm. full of food. And so most people, when they come out of this process, like they're almost in shock because they've just let go of so much. And then we just begin to dream and we build out what I call a rat park, which is kind of like this incredible, and they can read more about it in the book. It's really fun. It's just Mm -hmm. this, it's a vision of what a life would look like that would be so worth living we would never think about looking back. So that's what we do. And, and I teach in the book, Strength of the Oak, Strength of the Willow, how to build out a life that I call a rat park. So that part sounds, I want to just say, not to simplify, but a little easier only because you've made room. You know, we all have our bandwidth and who's ever taking up space, mm-hmm. wanted or unwanted, start to clean out the freeloader, get it out of there. Mm -hmm. And now you have the room to expand into possibility. Yeah, they didn't know what was possible because there wasn't room to grow. They just wanted to not die. Yeah. And it's funny when you say people don't know what they want. It's so true. You know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, what do you really want? Oh, I don't know. But I'll tell you what I don't want. And I'll always start with, all right. Let's go with 10 things you don't want because the opposite of what you're writing is Mm -hmm. probably what you do want. So however it comes, it comes. But it's always so funny that we know that right off the top of our, like, no no hesitation. Yeah. But five things that I really want, ooh, maybe I'll get stuck on three. (laughs) And yet when there's room, thank you, Marie Kondo, for cleaning it out, blessing Mm -hmm. it on because... Everybody just needs some space to really sit back and then take in the vision and and what's on the horizon. Yep, that's exactly right. What was the thought process behind the book? So one day, let me I got some great ideas, let me put this down or 
Well, after completing a master's degree in education, I vowed I would never write anything mm-hmm. ever again. Said that- every author almost that that I've spoken oh. to. So therefore, I'm always very curious. And yet we have the baby. So how did that happen? <laughs> well, I used to actually tell people that I hated writing. I would much rather speak. Mm-hmm. And it took an act of God. And I'm standing in Zion's National Park mm-hmm. in the early February 2020. Ah, we know what that time is. Uh Just just weeks before (laughs) this worldwide pandemic would Uh hit. And I'm standing there and I'm looking up. And if you've never been to Zions National Park and said, I've only seen pictures. Yeah. yeah, It's an absolute bucket list must. And this was the first time I'd ever been there. And I'm, I'm looking up hundreds and hundreds of feet at this sheer red rock cliff. Mm. And I feel an overwhelming amount of just magnitude of what this rock is. And I'm like having this nature moment where it's bringing me to tears as I'm feeling of its grandeur. And I'm like, why am I crying? And I Mm. had the words come into my mind, Andrew, this is a rock and you are my son. Imagine what other people will feel when you grow into the greatest measure of your creation. And then I'm like full on just sobbing because I'm like just having this surrender moment. Mm. I'm I'm experiencing something I've never even considered. Sure. And then the idea of two books came into my mind instantly. One of which was the title, Strength of the Oak, Strength of the Willow. Oh, wow. And the other, I won't reveal yet. Okay. It's in the process. It's, it's in the process and we'll know when it when that comes to so, so that, that Stephanie is the Genesis story of wow how the book and title came to be. I love that story. And I don't know if while you were looking at all of that splendor and wonder and probably trying to, because I've never, I've only seen pictures. I have, certainly haven't seen it in person, mm-hmm. but really just trying to register the grandness of the grandeur yeah. of what yeah. is this was created this was it's mm-hmm. crazy and then to measure yourself against what you're looking at but it is at those moments when you probably were wide open and didn't realize yeah. it for that message to be delivered but again you were there not that we all have to go and stand in front of the red rock to get your yeah. delivery I think one of the important things was that you were quiet. Exactly. You know, I don't think you were thinking about, all right, we got 10 more minutes and then we got to get back on the road to make good time. Something tells me you were just there. Yeah, I, I was. I was just there. And to be honest, I did go into that canyon that day with a prayer in my heart of, mm. I don't know why I'm coming on this, this trip. It was a retreat. I was, I just said, whatever I'm supposed to know, feel or experience I'm open to. And a lot of times I think that we're afraid to open ourselves up in that kind of a vulnerable Mm. way, because we're not afraid of our failing, but we're afraid of what will that mean? If I truly hear that call, and accept it, what will that mean? Or if I hear that call and don't accept it, what will that mean? So 
we stay in a place of comfort, mm-hmm. not seeking for and experiencing those kinds of revelation like experiences because we don't want to step out of our current place of comfortable identity. And does also not so much, what if I fail? There's the, again, let's talk, what does that opposite look like? It's also a fear is, what if I succeed? What if this changes? What if this is life-changing for me out of the comfort zone, like drops you onto a whole other planet because you're on the next level? You've reached, you know, the 2.0 level where the dragon is blowing out, you know, fire at you. But again, that's all part of, you could be like, okay, let's see where this goes. I'll play. Or, oh, but then that's where the dragons are. Okay. I don't know if I want to go to the, it's, and yet let me stay safe in my decision. Nope. I don't think I'm going to move my feet. I don't think I'm going to take that first step. Right. And that complacency is actually one of my greatest fears. If Mm. I have an opportunity to be challenged and allow my courage and compassion to be stretched and strained or to stay in a place of comfort and complacency, complacency like freaks me out. I I don't want to stay the same that I am today for the rest of my life or eternity. That would be awful. (laughs) I mean, I know that there's so much more to do, to be, to have, there's more impact. Mm -hmm. There's more joy. There's Mm -hmm. more depth in my relationship with my wife and my children and humanity. And I mean, to be stuck like this forever would be damning. Literally, you it would stop progression. It would be damning. And so I urge everyone that's listening right now, you have felt, as you've listened to Stephanie and I have this conversation, you have felt something that is stirring inside you. Maybe a call. Maybe it's a revelation. You're receiving a word from God or there's the, the universe is telling you that there's something waiting mm-hmm. to be created by you. I invite you to have an initial conversation either with yourself in a journal or an initial conversation with someone else about this ideation process that's taking place and get it out as a very, very first step and just see what happens. I love that. I want to just put a little asterisk on the person you want to say that to. Is it important that that person, I want to say, is like-minded as you are? No. You know, open to others? No. If it, if I don't, it's a name. I don't want anyone it, to be okay. like me, Stephanie. Okay. What I want that person, because it's everybody. Who am I talking okay. to? Every, what I want that person to, to recognize is that whether it's a book to write or a simple stepping into my 13-year-old daughter's bedroom and saying, I was wrong. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. Will you please forgive me? Do you want to play it. Yahtzee? It doesn't have to be something as big as writing a book. It can be creating space by pruning one limb. Mm, got it. I love the whole metaphor. I do because it's an easy visual. We all know how it grows, although actually tapping down into the root was, I didn't know that part about that's how the oak does branch. And they just know what to do. Trees, nature, they just know what to do. And I don't think they stop themselves. 
I don't think some, you know, they say, you know what, am I getting too big? Maybe I should stop growing. Yeah. My dear friend and mentor, Kevin Hall, Mm -hmm. shares that nature works. Like Mm. you look around and it's, it's, it works. Like it's doing what it's, it works, but nature doesn't work. It's not force. It's always flow. And it doesn't complain. It just trusts. And we Mm -hmm. can learn a lot from nature and we can figure out how to work without it being force. And once we do get into that state of flow, we become a force of nature. All right. We're dropping the mic on that. That was really, really good. And especially at a time, look at our seasons. It is summer everywhere. And I know we like to timestamp things, but it's summer. It's summer everywhere. Even if it was fall, even if it was winter, that just knows what to do. And it could be as easy as looking out the window if you're not outside to remind yourself of the flow. Andrew, tell us again, the name of the book, where we're going to find that, where we're going to find you. If people want to work with you, go. Strength of the Oak, Strength of the Willow, How to Find Courage and Compassion in a Turbulent World. Amazon, best place to get it. You can follow me at Andrew L. Anderson 85 on social media, or you can go to my website, andrewlanderson.com. And Stephanie, I got a surprise for your listeners. You didn't know I was going to share listening. this, but we, no. we, we, we would love to give them a gift. Ah, uh-huh. we love and, gifts. And if they <laughs> just send an email to Andrew at Andrew L. Anderson, and Anderson mm-hmm. is spelled O-N. So Andrew at andrewlanderson.com. Okay. And in the subject line, if you just put Stephanie gift, then mm-hmm. we will send you something that will bless your life. Look at that. Who doesn't like presents? We do. Well, Andrew, thank you so much. And we'll put that in the show note as well. So I am going to get the book. I want to read more. I'm always so curious. But now that I have, again, I'm a visual. Mm-hmm. I need to see. And I have that. Like every time that, believe me, I'm going to, I'm looking and I know I'm going against the flow and I'm pretty in tune and I'll be like, not your best self. Step it back a little, you know, pump your brakes, Ed would love. Yeah, but I'm just going to enjoy what nature has for us. And yeah, it doesn't have to be hard. Thank you again. This has been a pure delight. I love, love learning. Stephanie, All right. Thank you. So, and thank you, listeners. You took time, you took energy, and you gave your attention to be present today. And the worst thing you could ever do would be to throw it away, like baking mm-hmm. the best cookie dough and having it already, and then not actually baking it in the oven. So, please, I have to kill you. Please <laughs> do something with what we have given you today. Throw it in the oven. Don't waste this incredible opportunity. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. All right. Comments is all I'm going to say. Joyfoundhere.com. You're welcome. What did I tell you? I knew it would be good. Apple, Spotify, five stars. Thank you. Write those comments because we're going to be doing a comment consist, I think, later in the month. I have to just double check with team. But I really appreciate all you guys coming each and every week. And thankfully, we have never disappointed. And today was no exception. Till next week, be well. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.